You're listening to episode 153 of the 200 Churches Podcast. That's right, episode 153, which happens to be during Christmas week 2015, which is also the week that Johnny has deserted me to go with his wife to Florida last minute on an adoption adventure. I had a call with him tonight to talk to him about how he's doing and what's going on in his life in this adoption adventure, and I realized very quickly that this conversation should be the podcast episode for Christmas week 2015. So this conversation started out as a private conversation and is turned into episode 153. So you're going to hear that in just a moment. Welcome to the 200 Churches Podcast, where every Wednesday we produce a fresh episode of ministry encouragement for pastors of small churches. Now here are two guys who, like you, serve in the trenches of small church ministry. The Martin and Lewis of Ministry Podcasts, Jeff and Johnny. This is the 200 Churches Podcast, and Jeff, what's wrong with my voice? I'm calling remotely. This is weird. Yep, you're remote again, Johnny. Uh, was I remote or were you remote the last? No, I was remote when I was in Colorado. But here, yeah. you, here you are. Tell uh, our listeners where you are and what you are doing. I am currently in uh, north of Daytona Beach, Florida. Um, and my wife and I are here because we are in the process of adopting our third child, uh, a little girl named Eliza, and um, she is just a beautiful gift to our family. Um, she uh, she has Down syndrome, and she is the sweetest, most well-tempered baby I think I've ever met. She's three weeks old today, and uh, she is like angelic in every conceivable way. And She's an angel. And you're right. I've seen the pictures, and I want that skin complexion for myself, actually. <laughs> she is. She does. She is. Yes. She matches my oldest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She She yeah, is beautiful. Dark. Yeah. So we will share some pictures with our 200 churches, you know, friends uh, soon. Not yet. Uh, soon. But she is, you'll have to take our word for it between now and then, that she is, she is just a doll. I mean, she is, yeah, she's going to add a whole different dimension to our family. You know, I, I got two boys, and uh, now all of a sudden there's going to be a girl running around. So we're pretty excited. So we're here in Florida for uh, a little while while they figure out the paperwork. And then we'll be heading back home. So hopefully, Jeff, you know, this is my only remote podcast with you. No promises, but we'll see. Well, and the truth is, this it, we're recording this so that people will know in the near term at uh, 9.45 p.m. Central Time on December 22nd. <laughs> so this is fresh. I mean, if you put your nose to your speaker or your earbud, you'll smell Johnny's breath. I mean, that's how fresh this is. <laughs> I don't know if they want that, but they can certainly have it. This is Christmas week, 2015, and uh, you ended up taking off, you know, flying down to Florida, and all of a sudden, uh, you know, and it's not an overnight wonder because you've been working this adoption process now for months, but the way it happens is often an overnight wonder. You know, you found out out, uh, six days ago about this girl. And now right. you've had her for two days already. We, yeah, found out last. Yeah, it'll be. It'll be. Yeah. It'll, so when this podcast comes out, it'll be a week. Found out last Wednesday, 
you know, and we, we you know, said, said our yes. And then on Thursday, we got the call. Hey, you've, you're, you're the family. You have a daughter. <laughs> it's like, what? Okay. Crazy, man. So crazy. And then, then we flew down on uh, first thing on Sunday morning and then drove all day. Sun- we did 18 hours of travel on Sunday to get down here. It was, it was bananas. And then uh, Monday morning, yeah, Monday morning, we did another three and a half hour drive to get down to where she was, uh, more in South Florida. And, uh, yeah, and it's been amazing. It's been just amazing. She's done so great, everything. She's been so fantastic with everything. And, and Jeff, I just want to say thank you um, for sharing about our fundraising and everything else uh, with that. Um, there have been so many generous gifts from our 200 Churches listeners so far, and so that's been such a blessing. It's it's just a blessing to know. It's a blessing to know that people love and care about, you know, my family. I don't want to say me. That sounds narcissistic. But my family specifically. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> and, and, you know, no matter how much a gift is, I found that that really, it's not as important as, like, the fact that somebody made a gift. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, somebody was thinking about you. Yeah, yep. exactly right. Took and the time so, to go online and go through the process. Yeah. Um, but I, And so I want to encourage you as a listener, if if you've not had the opportunity to do that, if you just go to the blog post for episode 153, there will be a link there to Johnny and Kayla's site where you can you can give to not Johnny, not Kayla, but Eliza. Because Yeah, she, absolutely. She she's gonna need this man. With Johnny as a father, I mean she needs all the help she can possibly <laughs> get financially, <laughs> morale and everything. But I would oh, I would encourage goodness. you, and, and I guess I'm speaking to you if you listen to our podcast, have been listening for any amount of time, and have been blessed by it. We've never asked for any money, and, and that's why I thought, hey, I want to ask for Johnny and Kayla sure, and for sure. Eliza. Uh, so go to episode 153 at 200churches.com, and you can find a link there to give. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's cool seeing people give and uh, you know, kind of stand with you like that. It is, and it's yeah, the generosity—it's it's a beautiful thing, and uh, you know we are—it's—it's it's funny because we're being blessed right now. The place we're staying uh, is a small church pastor friend of ours. We don't know him through the podcast, but he's a small church pastor, you know, friend. But he and does he, listen to uh, the podcast. He does listen, yeah. Bill McClelland. Oh my goodness, Bill, you're a saint because he told me that we could stay at his mom's. Uh, his mom's place down here in Florida, and it is just a, it's a beautiful home and it helps us feel at home and it saves us so much um, that we would be spending on a hotel or an Airbnb. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yep. It saves us so much and we're finding so many amazing people. Uh, some friends of ours in Orlando gave us their car just for two weeks if we need it, you know, so no rental car. No hotel. I mean, just beautiful people doing beautiful things like that and helping it, you know, helping the cost not get exorbitant, you know, more exorbitant, you know, than it yeah. already is. So nice. the whole process has just been um, amazing. And that's, you know, that's what happens. That's what happens. God's people show up uh, when when they need to show up. And so we feel just absolutely blessed to be part of this whole thing. That's great. Well, you and I, you and your wife have been through 
amazing emotional tumult in the last yes. seven days. I, Truth. I joined you just a smidgen in that uh, in just a couple occasions because you've been busy with her, you know, trying to figure this all out. Uh, you know, I'll say this in front of everybody. I joke about you all the time, and I'm always putting you down. But you really have <laughs> you've li- you have lived what you believe in in doing this. And I know, you know, it's kind of like it's kind of like these people that that jump out and save somebody from something, and then they get tagged a hero, and they're just like, no, nah, I mean, I was just doing what anybody would do, right? Right. And I know, yeah, exactly. I know you feel that way, um, but yeah. not anybody, you know, who's expecting uh, a child. You know, their wife's expecting a child in, in five, four, sure. or five, four or five months. Do they then uh, adopt a three-week-old uh, little girl with Down <laughs> sure. syndrome? So, but this has been your heart. I mean, <laughs> I suppose that's true. when you say it like that, it does sound kind of crazy. <laughs> it's been in your heart, not just your heart, but your wife's heart as well for yeah. for a long time. You know, just the yeah. living out the the heart of Christ for those who are marginalized, in need, in crisis, whatever it is, um, you guys have done that. And it's really been, it's been cool for me to watch you do it and to know that our church family is also watching and seeing that uh, you you don't just talk, but you also have actions that support what you say you believe. And I think yeah, that's well, important. Thank you. That that means a lot. You know, I have a friend who says, if not us, then who? That's like his refrain, if not us, then who? And I yeah. just think, yeah, that's it. I mean, those of us who claim to believe in a God who's this big and a God who pursues us and, you know, all these things, it's like, if we don't do it, you know, we can't ask anybody else to do it. We can't, you know, and so I'm not, I don't think I'm a hero. I don't think I've done anything impressive or anything like that. But just answering, you know, I've said to Kayla a few times, what we've done is just put our yes on the table. Just put our yes on the table. You know, God says, you know, we do it. And we just put our yes on the table and let him make something beautiful with it. So uh, we feel honored, I mean, to be Eliza's parents. And she is, I can't wait to share pictures. I mean, she is so beautiful. Hopefully by t- sometime tomorrow, hopefully we can throw some pictures up uh, on the on the podcast uh, blog for this. But she is, um, oh my goodness, she's a doll. She's an angel. I always enlarge pictures right on my phone so I can see the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the fine detail. And your <laughs> yeah. wife's now got the iPhone 6S, which takes yes. incredible pictures. And it does, right? I have been enjoying them with my 6S and uh, yeah. looking at them and showing them to my wife. Every uh, time I take one with my my skanky 5S, you you just delete it right away. It's <laughs> not good enough for your phone. <laughs> it, it's not befitting of Eliza's persona. <laughs> <laughs> too true, too true. So you talked to Dave Jacobs without me. I did, and I, I almost feel like, though, if we just keep going a little while longer, I might just get an episode out of this, Johnny, and then put Dave <laughs> off for a week. Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. So let me ask you some questions. No, you're crazy. No, really. Really. Cuz I mean it's a Christmas week, right? It's Christmas week. This is uh this is Yeah, good. we don't want to bury Dave. We don't want to bury Dave. Yeah, and this is good, but this is this is family talk, right? This is family All talk. Right. And we're talking to our family. And All right, don't title it family talk though. Title it like eight eight ministry changes to revolutionize your life. And double the size of your church. 
And then this will be the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I had one back, I think it was after episode 92, uh, when my son was in the accident, I did a 10-minute podcast yes. episode in, yes. a, in a little uh, conference room in the hospital, and it was titled, uh, The Worst Week of My Life. So that was the realest and rawest. Yeah, uh, that was incredible. So yeah. maybe this one could be titled "The Best Week of Johnny's Life." It's up there. Yeah, no, it's yeah, it's right. We, you know, you she's not your first child, right? So maybe we can't say that. <laughs> How many kids do you have? Right? That's like <laughs> one one of my top five weeks of my it's life. A tie. <laughs> so so you guys were uh, you you had all your paperwork done and you've been yeah. waiting. And right. as you've been waiting now for the last couple of months, has there been anything that you left like to do other than to get notice that there was a child who needed a home? Or were you like done with, you know, everything that you could do up to that point? Yeah, we were done. I mean, we were done. The The thing is, as soon as you get with a specific, so we're, Kayla and I are nonconformists. And so we didn't work directly through an agency. What we did is we got a home study done through a um, independent adoption investigator, which is what we did with our first adoption as well. Okay. It's a completely legitimate, completely valid way to do things. Um, but you uh, avoid kind of the rigmarole of an adoption agency. And so we did it that way. And then we worked with an independent adoption consultant. And in the meantime, Kayla made some connections with some other uh I don't know how to describe it, but there's there's basically there's these there's some groups, there's some um um consultants, some places where they are they're uh, trying to find children homes um uh, that are hard to place. They're on, they're like online way. services or online communities. Yes, I, yeah, that would be a good way to say it. Yeah. Um, uh, 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 for children that are, are hard to place, you know, and to even get into one of these online communities, you have to be vetted, home study ready. That means you've passed FBI background checks. That means you've um, you, you've uh, had somebody come into your home and say, yes, you are capable of adopting and caring for a child, right? So this is this is all above the board kind of thing. Um, but Kayla got into into that. But once you get connected, you you know. It, most of the time you're going to get connected through an agency. And so that's what happened to us is that Eliza was connected to an agency here in Florida. And so now we are working with that agency. Um, and so they had additional paperwork and things like that for us to do. Um, but otherwise, yeah, we were just waiting for a call. And uh, when we got a call, we figured, you know, there'd probably be some more paperwork um, that had to be done, but we were ready. We were what they call home study ready, just a family waiting for a call on a child with our with our home study in hand. What, what were what were some of the things that you the struggles that you had waiting for? It's been what at least three months. Oh yeah, it's so we. I think we finished our home study in May, so it's been about seven months. Oh, it's it's been that long. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so you started this, and you were ready to adopt before your wife even got pregnant with the child she's carrying right now. Correct. Okay. Yes. I mean, not to get into any more than that. This is a this is a ministry, a religious podcast. Okay. So so you've been waiting. You've been waiting a while, and why why would you want 
to adopt a child well at the same time that you're going to have a child what is the thinking behind that <laughs> insanity no um, you know <laughs> other than that we were on a family vacation it was just a beautiful time with our two sons it was everything was so fun and you know with two boys i wouldn't say it was peaceful <laughs> but it right, was just right. so there was I, I guess the only way I could describe it is that kind of the love that Kayla and I were feeling about our family was it was it was almost palpable. And, and the boys were feeling it, too. I mean, we were just like together and we were already at that point we were waiting. You know, um, we were home study ready and we were waiting and we knew that our plan had always been um, to have two adopted children and two biological children okay so we had joseph who is adopted from nigeria and then we have our son asher who is biological and then we started that process you know for our uh, third um adopted child and we were there on this vacation and we we just kind of had this conversation about how um how we were ready for our love to just keep on expanding and, you know, why wait years in between now and then for to do it the perfect timing, you know, so that we could put a good two and a half years between every child and have them go bing, 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 bing right down the line. And we talked about how there's enough room and enough love in our family right now. And we both felt very, I guess, um, led to grow our family more. And it's a weird thing to talk about. You know, a lot of people talk about being led to grow their family through adoption. A lot of people don't talk about, you know, well, we had a biological child because we felt led to grow our family. You know what I mean? We all know how you have biological children. I don't need to get into that. But a lot of Please times don't. you don't. I'm not. <laughs> you, a lot of times you don't hear it talked about in that way. But for us, um, because we started with adoption, because our oldest son, Joseph, is adopted, that's very much been our whole family plan has been um, kind of at God's prompting. And I don't want to sound over-spiritual, like I know exactly when God wants me to have kids, but it has been a, you know, Kayla and I have had these conversations and we've been intentional about how are we going to grow our family you know, and how would God have us grow our family as opposed to just what is most idyllic for us and our lives? That that hasn't been our focus. Now, you said to me that you learned something from Bill, the guy you referenced earlier. Oh, Bill, you yeah, know, what a who saint. has helped you because uh, just talk about Bill just for a minute and then talk about what you learned from him that allowed you to move forward with adopting a special needs baby. You know, Bill... Um, so Bill and his wife had a, a a daughter, and when she was born, she she had Down syndrome. And um, after that, they decided that that was the that was going to be the way that their family looked, and they made the decision to adopt another child, specifically a child with Down syndrome, and then they adopted one more uh, with Down syndrome. So they have three children, three girls. And all three have Down syndrome. And it, their family pictures. And it's just like, to me, it's just a beautiful representation of, of the kingdom of God. You know, it's just like, this is the, this is the family that God created. And so when I, when, you know, baby Eliza, the opportunity came, Bill was my first call, really. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to know, <laughs> I wanted to know from Bill's perspective. 
of like what this was going to be like. You and, know what I mean? And not like, everybody I, has I, a, I could, not everybody has a friend like that. That's true. I mean, that's how, very true. How many of you listening have, know somebody personally who who has three children all with Down syndrome, or or just three special needs children with you know with any special need, or even one? Yeah, or even one. Right, right. But certainly not three. You know, three. I mean, that's like he's the expert, right? So uh, I called him up and we talked about it, um, and he was. I mean, he was so encouraging. Uh, and like you, you said to me, well, you know, Bill's going to be a curse. <laughs> like, right, yeah, well, obviously right. Bill, Bill is pro, you know, on this one. Um, but he didn't talk to me like, you got to do this. You got to do this. He talked to me. He talked to me personally about my personality, about the family we already have. Mm-hmm. He talked to me, um, about who, who we are and who this baby, you know, was and how that was going to work. And, um, one of my, one of my fears, you know, I think, I think I can admit this. One of my fears was, you know, as this child grows, uh, will she ever, will she ever be independent? You know, will she ever move out on her own or even move out into a group home or something like that? And that was kind of a fear of mine. And I was talking to Bill and I said to him, you know, how did you, you know, how did you deal with that? And he said, when we, when we decided that this was what our family was, we said, we're parents for life. We're parents for life. This isn't like punching the time card, like get to 18 and get them out, you know, and then like. Empty nest. Empty, empty nest. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. He said, you know, we've made the decision that um, we, we, we're never going to be empty nesters. He's like, we, you know, and we could. I mean, there's, you know, people with Down syndrome don't have to live with their parents forever. That's not like the future necessarily. But he said for them, that was the decision. They they said they were parents for life. And if that doesn't happen, fine. But that's the decision they made. And I realized I, I am a parent for life already, right? Like I have two kids. Exactly. And, yeah. you know. And like I said to you, Jeff, your son had this horrible accident. Like, who knows what happens to our kids? Right, right. And, we, and, we, and you'd never turn around and say, well, they were supposed to leave at 18, so now, you know, too bad. It's like marriage, right? Right. <laughs> for better or worse. And uh, I realized, well, I'm already a parent for life, and uh, this little girl is, you know, beautiful and a gift from God. And I don't know. I You know, I can't describe it. What I said to people is that, is Bill spoke Jesus to me. Bill just spoke Jesus right into me. Um, and I just heard God speak through what Bill said. And it, and it just became clear. It just became clear that that's the path that God had for us. And as you and I talked about this, we, we said that you may have a healthy child, but anything can happen in life. And uh, right, I figured that out last year. For me, we're blessed because my son completely recovered but we didn't know that was going to happen. And, you know, you could avoid uh, adopting a special needs child thinking that, oh, maybe you can't handle it. But the truth is none of us knows what life is going to bring. And if we have if we have a child, none of us knows, you know, we might become the special needs to our own kids as parents some, <laughs> right. at some point, right? Right. Or they might become special needs. So it, it really... But but you had to work through that, and watching you and talking to you about that helped me to just think through that from a different perspective. The the whole 
the whole concept of being unselfish in adopting a special needs child and also realizing that nobody has a guarantee that your kid's going to grow up and at 18 go off to college. And the crazy thing is when they get to that point, we as parents have to go through all kinds of psychological mumbo-jumbo to let go of our kids and to watch (laughs) them walk out the door. And we joked in a recent episode how my son Joel was back home and he kind of stole our podcast room and I'm waiting for him to leave again. But the truth is, you know, he got he was married for a year and then ended up moving back in with us while his wife was in, you know, educational travels. Right. He's he's still married. <laughs> but he's still he's still married. But I, it has been a blast having my 25 year old son living in my home again for for now seven months. Basically, you'll, you'll be sad to see him go. I I will be sad. In and in you know what? Here's the crazy thing. I have to let him go all over again. You got an empty nest again. You know, I I'm not looking forward to that. To be honest with you, um, his younger brother has got him has had him here now for seven months, and it's sure. been great. And I feel bad for him because he's going to have to say goodbye to his brother all over again. Yeah. So, sure. you know, we this is where we as and, and pa- as pastors we deal with this with our people. We try to get them to see biblical truth and kingdom values first before they see the culture around them and allow the culture around them to in infect and influence you right. know, how they see life and uh, uh, this this whole conversation about our kids and family and how God works all this and special needs uh, uh, children and uh, for that matter anyone in our sphere, uh, of living who has special needs, how we interact with them. Uh, you know, the kingdom values and kingdom living is a lot different than what our culture feeds us. So, Johnny, you've had this little girl now for, for just not even really two full days. <laughs> That's like two days, yeah. And your boys are up with Kayla's parents. And yeah. at some point you're going to reunite. What are the things that are going through your mind right now in terms of... Uh, you know, when your life gets back to whatever normal is supposed to be, what do you think that's going to look like? What are your thoughts oh. about that? Well, I, we were FaceTiming with our kids today. Um, and Joseph, that's my oldest, he was um, he lo- he was like enamored with Eliza. Oh, really? He was looking at her. Oh, yeah. And he, he uh, we said, do you want to tell anything to Eliza? He said, oh, I love you. And wow. he's very excited. He's been saying he wants a sister. And so he's very, very excited uh, about Eliza. Uh, you know, I think it'll be an adjustment, I'm sure. But Eliza's addition to our family is going to make our kids a lot more compassionate a lot more sensitive, you know what I mean? Yeah. A lot more caring people. And it'll make Kayla and I that as well. So I think that she's going to be such a blessing in in so many ways to our family. And that's kind of the thing that I'm realizing and that I realized when I talked to Bill as well was that, you know, we say special needs adoption. And sure, yes, it's it, absolutely, you know, it's special needs. But that makes it sound somehow negative sometimes. And what I've realized really is that this is such a positive for my life and my family's life. And what a blessing to let God do work 
in my family like that. So it'll be a readjustment period. And then in four months, we're going to have another one. <laughs> That's going to like blow everything off the map. I'm going on another sabbatical in four months. <laughs> I don't want to be around. Uh, so it's going to, that's going to blitz everything I'm sure. But um, you know, we, Kayla and I, we, uh, we've joked before that our family motto is can't stop, won't stop. We just, we're just always moving forward. Um, always, always moving forward. And it's not always easy. You know, Jeff, like it's sometimes it's hard and the hard, I'm very open and honest with you when times are hard or stressful or whatever. So it's hard. I just, some people talk about their life, you know, and it's all about, it's all a gift. And you just think, really, is it ever hard? It's hard sometimes. Okay. So I don't want to make it sound like it's not. And I know it will continue to be hard. And, you know, with four kids, it's going to be stress, but um, but I, you know, we'll just, we'll, we'll roll with it and we'll figure out the new rhythms and the new normal. And, uh, I'm excited. I mean, I'm excited for my kids to, to have siblings, you know, and to have kids, you know, younger than them to care about and to, you know, be examples for, I was, I was fifth out of six and, uh, I loved it. I loved having siblings and, you know, looking up to my brothers and things like that. So uh, I think it's going to be a, a real gift. Well, you and I stood in your office be, right before you left, and I remember saying to you, that, Johnny, the truth is you, you, you really have no idea what you're in for. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you really don't. But, but the truth is when any of us as parents has a little baby, however we get that child – we have no idea what we're in for as parents. You know, it's it's so funny because I was talking to Kayla because you said we you and I were texting today and basically you said you know what is it you're just like instant parents and I was like yeah it's weird you know like you, nothing can prepare you for that and you said yeah I know you know whatever and then I said to Kayla you know it's weird because when they gave us Asher at the hospital and we left like we had him well she had him and then two days later we walk out. And they just are like, all right, see ya. You're also not prepared for the, like, what? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what to do with this thing. Like, yeah. are you crazy? I think <laughs> every first know. time parents feel that way. You yes. know, you, they just hand you the baby and you walk out. And, you know, you talk about precautions and safety and all that. That's the most unsafe thing you could do with a newborn baby. It As, seems like it, doesn't Especially it? the firstborn. Just give it to these two dolts. That are walking yeah. out of the hospital, first first time parents, but we all and we, somehow we, we all survive. Yeah, exactly. Well, we see we brought Joseph home when he was one, so we brought home a walking <laughs> child. You know That's what I mean? Right. That's right. That's right. So they handed us this baby, and we were like, "I we don't know how to do anything. <laughs> like, how do you how do you dress this thing? Like how do you bathe this thing? Like." That was new. That was all new stuff. We we figured, oh, we've had a kid. Like we're it's not our first, but like it was our first baby for sure. Wow. And now you know, now we got Eliza, and she's a baby, but she's our first girl. You know, and there's you know some differences there too. And so, it's all it's all I don't know. It's all a whirlwind. Well, my daughter, and you know this, but my daughter, who is literally one day older than your wife. Uh, yes. is also her and her husband are in the process of adopting and yes. uh, they're they're going to be waiting a little bit but into this next year they'll adopt at some point 
Um, and this is, uh, I'm learning a lot from this next generation. I just heard somebody on the radio today slamming the millennial generation, saying that they've been coddled and they've been spoiled and they've just been protected from anything that could possibly harm their fragile little egos. No, but no, but I hear you hear this from a lot of people. And, yes, I know. Yeah. And, and here's, here's why. Somebody said it at some point, and then others repeated it, and then it keeps <laughs> getting repeated. True. Yeah, and now, <laughs> like, it's true. That, that's not – I don't know any millennials like that that are, that, are, that are that way because they're millennials, okay? I know a lot of adults that are like that, whether or not they're millennials, but I've got millennial sure. kids. You know, I, I know yeah. a lot in the millennial generation, and I see – principled, strong, solid, committed, passionate uh, people who many of them want to be leaders. They want to have significance. They want to make a difference. And this, hey, this is the generation that's going to lead the body of Christ, you know, into the coming years. So if the boomers will let us, we would be glad to. Hey, this is, (laughs) hey, this is really funny. I was at my son's (laughs) basketball game right tonight. And there were three yeah. refs out on the court, and all these refs okay. were were over sixty years old. <laughs> the guys behind me are saying, the, the, "These old guys behind me are saying these refs refed our kids when they were in high school. We were we've been screaming at them for over twenty years." And I said, <laughs> "I said to them, wow! I said these. The, what is it to be a ref? It's like you're on the Supreme Court, right? You're a ref for life." Or, life, yeah. or maybe it's like the elders, right? And on a church board, man, they're like elder for life. And elder you, for life. you never get in the younger leaders. You never get in the fresh fresh blood. And That can be a problem, yeah. It, that can be a problem. And so, you know, my point, it's so, I mean, talk about low-hanging fruit. Yeah, let's just bash the, the younger generation. That's, that's the low-hanging fruit every Everybody can do yeah. that, and the younger generation can bash the older generation if they want to. That's the low-hanging fruit, too. And the truth is that we have to look for people who have kingdom values, kingdom commitments, and, and yeah. gospel passion in their lives who want to see the power of Christ change people's lives, their lives, their community, their world. And, in, yeah. you know, we can't. We we should not stop short of that. That is the goal, is the kingdom of God where we are. And yeah, I'm absolutely. excited. I'm excited to see the millennial generation moving into that in some really unique and uh, substantive ways. And they, yeah. they, in turn, take wisdom from the older generation, and the older generation takes energy from the millennial generation. I think that's how it works for us, yeah. I hope it does. I hope it does. Do I energize you? Sometimes I feel like I'm stealing your energy. <laughs> well, it. you know, there's all kinds of stuff that goes on in ministry and relationships. <laughs> we just happen to have a, a a weird situation because, you know, we've got a relationship and we're a ministry together, but then we're friends too. And then we got this goofy podcast thing that we do. So that yes. connects us on even yet another peripheral. Well, it really isn't peripheral, right? Not for us. It's a pretty significant level because it's yep. it's kind of our it's kind of our growth and development as pastors. Yeah, uh, we could listen to a lot of other stuff, but we just talk to the people and learn that way. Learn by doing and by talking about it and talking to others. So, 
Well, Johnny, this has been a, a one-off type of a podcast episode, uh, unless you're planning on going down to Florida again in the future to adopt another child. Uh, no. Where we could record <laughs> another episode. <laughs> no. no, I don't think that that is, that's not on the docket. Okay. We'll put it that way. Okay. Yeah. So I'm, I'm on the four no more train right now. Four no more. You know, you, I've got, uh, I've got three boys and a girl and we'll see what your makeup ends up being when you, all these four are revealed. Yeah. And, uh, that'll be, that'll be exciting to see, but I'm glad you've got four. Just because I had four, and to those of you listening <laughs> that have, but yeah, those of you listening that have four are saying, "Oh, that's good, man." The four is the right number. I grew up in a family with four, and I, I wouldn't have wanted to have any less because now, as we're taking care of our parents when they're older, we, we're all needed. You know, we've all got something to contribute. So, I'm going to let you sure. get back to your wife and your daughter, and the balmy weather. Well, of everybody's the asleep East Coast. but me. But I will go to bed now. Are you outside? It, no, no, no. But this place, I'm saying this place, I'm on one end of the house or on the other. They can't hear me. It's nice. Very cool. Very cool. 80 degrees today? This It is balmy 81 degrees today. Are you kidding me? I accidentally said July. I told somebody, oh, yeah, well, on July 3rd. And they were like, ha, ha, ha. And I was like, dude, I'm sorry, but it feels like I'm <laughs> outside. <laughs> I can't. My Iowa self. My Iowa self cannot deal with this weather. It's like so warm. I'm wearing shorts and shirt sleeves. It's crazy. Cool. Very nice. Okay. It's crazy. I love it. Johnny, thank you for joining us today on the podcast. (laughs) It was my pleasure, Jeff. Really, I hope that you'll have me on again sometime. Well, we'll see. The jury's out. So, Jeff, thanks for pulling me in on this one. You know, I thought we were just throwing to Dave Jacobs, but now the people have gotten this. Tune in next week for Dave Jacobs. (laughs) We'll see you next time on the 200 Churches Podcast. We hope you've been encouraged and inspired by this episode of the 200 Churches Podcast. If you haven't already, subscribe at 200churches.com and receive the guy's free PDF download called Our 7 Favorite Ministry Resources. You can count on us to be back next Wednesday with another brand new shiny episode just for you. Until then, may God bless you as you lead and love the people in your 200 church. Oh, my goodness. How was that? That was good. Thank you. It wasn't that hard to end it. No, it wasn't that hard. <laughs> That's funny. Now I got my you, son. You, you were treating me like a guest. I know. I was. I was. You were a good guest, too. Actually, you were, you were a very good guest. Oh, was I? Oh, well, yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm used to talking on a podcast. I you guess know. so. Yeah. Okay. Um... Well, my son Mitch is down here now, and Doug wants me to call. <laughs> oh, okay, him, so that's fun. All right. Am I on speakerphone? <laughs> Thanks, Mitch. <laughs> Please tell me I'm not on speakerphone. No, you're not. No. Okay, hallelujah. <laughs> you're uh, you're on my uh, my professional okay. studio quality headset. Okay, I was a little nervous about that. All right. Okay. Thanks, Jeff. Well, I'll, I'll listen tomorrow. Thanks, Jeff. All right.
Alright, bye.